thank you, choir. Thank you, Wesley and Amanda, for leading us into worship this morning. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, we'll have two different passages of Scripture will be in this morning, so you want to mark both of them because I'll read into both of them, and they both have pertinent uh, pertaining to what I want to speak on this morning. But the first one is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. So if you want to mark that in your Bible, and then just flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 9 through 11. Those are the two passages that we're going to focus on this morning. Apostle Paul ties these together, and they're going to be on the on a subject that we're going to look at where God's Word's going to be opened up this morning. The title of the message is The Identity of the Church. The Identity of the Church. And I sent that out to you in an in a email this week. We just want to talk about some things about the identity of the church and how important the church's identity is. Okay, and we're going to open up that this morning. We live in a world where personal identity is very important. I mean, the way people see us, the way people think about us, the characteristics that we have are very important. When people see in your life and what they see in my life, it's how they identify us. It's how they identify me. That's what they see in us. This past Sunday evening, we opened up God's Word to the book of Colossians, and we spent our time together this past Sunday evening looking at the identity of Jesus Christ. It was kind of an an intro into today's message, but we looked at the identity of Jesus Christ. We talked about how important identity is. We studied some specifics about the identity of Jesus Christ. We saw how he existed before all creation. We saw how he created all things. We saw how he holds all things together. And we also saw, saw and read and studied how he is the head of the church. And that is so important. We're going to talk about that this morning. We spent some time talking about the importance of identity and how we as Christians are identified in this world. I passed out some blank index cards. I gave out some blank index cards, and that always gets a little bit, gets people nervous when you give them a blank something to write on, right? Man, I passed out these index cards, and I asked people to write down three to five things that you would say identify yourself things that you would say that this is things that identify me. And so we, we talked about some of those things. I, uh, we wrote those things down. I called out several names of people who were in the church in that evening service, and right away people identified them with specific characteristics, mostly about how, when you think about it, it's mostly about the work that we do. They identify us as in that capacity. All my life I was identified as a, a medicine man. For years I was a paramedic. In other years I was a PA, and now I'm a pastor. And that's how when they say Kerry Dinkins, they say, yeah, he's the pastor down there. That's how they identify you. Think about it. I said the name Tyler Lee. And what do you think came to people's minds? A bunch of different things besides that. (laughs) Physical therapy was one, but there was a lot of other things that came to people's minds as well. We looked at how the body of Christ should function the way God wants it to function. And the body of Christ is something we're going to talk about this morning. But we we saw the identity of Jesus Christ. We saw how he gave the role model for what we should be doing. And we saw how the body of Christ should function the way that God wants it to function. Jesus made a statement before he ascended into heaven. And the statement was, I will build my church on the rock. Now you think about that one sentence, what Jesus is talking about. He says, I will build my church on the rock. 
I mean, taking full responsibility. He's talking about something he's going to build it. He's talking about something that he possesses. And he's talking about the foundation that he's going to build it on. Something that's going to be strong. We looked at basically what Christ is saying is I'm going to build my church on a foundation that is so strong that the church will never stumble. It'll never crumble. It'll never fall. It will be indestructible and will never be destroyed. Amen. Man, this world's full of turmoil. There's turmoil going on. There's attacks being made. Christians are being persecuted. But the thing is, as Jesus Christ said, I'm going to build my church on something that's so strong. And he's talking about himself. It's going to be on a rock that's going to make it indestructible. And as we look on a little bit further, through his substitutionary death on the cross, Jesus purchased us, which is the church, as his personal possession. We say, what, Kerry? I don't like to be possessed. I don't like to be somebody's possession, so to speak. Let me tell you something. Jesus bought us with a price. He paid a significant price. His blood was shed on the cross for a price. It was a price that we could not pay, and he paid it for us. And with that price, with that shed blood, he bought us. Amen? We are his. We're part of his family. If you're a true believer, you belong to Jesus. You are now eternally connected to him, and you cannot be separated from that. Isn't that good news? Man, that's what I'm talking about. We're handcrafted individuals. We were created by God and for God. Handcrafted. And everyone's individual. There's no two the same. We all are human beings. We all walk on two feet. We all have two arms and two legs, except for Stephen. (laughs) That was a joke. Where is Stephen? All right. Y'all can laugh about that. Stephen's the one told me to say it, okay? All right. I told, I asked Stephen, I said, Stephen, that baby is so pretty. Are you sure she's yours? He said, I question that. When she was born, she had two legs. <laughs> Anyhow, it's good to laugh, ain't it? Through his death, Jesus bought us. Man, if you're a true believer, you belong to Jesus. Now, here's the thing that I want to talk about this morning. We are his body and we are his building. These are things we're going to talk about. We talked about Christ. You know about Christ. We preach on Christ and we study the word of God. But we are his body. This is the church. We are his body and his building. And this is what these two passive scriptures are going to talk about this morning. It's his body and his building. We were handcrafted individuals. We were made by God and we were made for God. He made us for a reason. We're to worship him. We're to glorify him. We're to have fellowship with him. We're to have a relationship with him. That's what he created us for. And as the body of Christ, we are established firmly on the immovable and instructable foundation of Jesus Christ himself. This morning, we're going to open up God's word together and look at two different passages of scripture that give us clarity on what Jesus meant when he was talking about the body and the building of the church. In these passages, Paul focuses on the importance of the identity of the church. And if you are able, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word? We'll be reading in Ephesians 4, starting in 12 first, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians. Ephesians 12 says, To equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love... 
Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of such individual parts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11 says this. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. And another builds on it, but each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than what has been laid down. The fa- that foundation is Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please. <laughs> Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. God, I ask that you cleanse me of every sin, cleanse me of every impurity. And Father, I ask that you hide your servant behind the cross and allow me to deliver your message to your people. And these things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. I want us to look at Ephesians and look at how that scripture points to the body of Christ, which is the church. And then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians and see how Paul's talking about the building and what he means by the building. And what Jesus Christ meant was when he said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church. We look at it. Our unified identity as a church congregation determines the nature of our individual identity. We're all individual people. God created us in his image, but we're all individual people. We all have our own agendas, so to speak. We all have our own things that we're trying to achieve, but we come together in unity. And that's what Paul's talking about. As an individual, we all have a, a, a position within the church congregation. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God has given all believers gifts to be used individually and corporately. We use these spiritual gifts. When you become a believer, God gives you, you have at least one. Some people have multiple. It's a matter of of manifesting it. It's a matter of opening it up. It's a matter of identifying what it is. But you have a spiritual gift. And these gifts are to be used individually, whether it's out into the the workplace, whether it's out into the world, whether it's out into where, where Christians need to talk about Jesus Christ. And it's also to be used together where we come together and use it corporately within the church. He did not give believers gifts to sit around and be alone. Let me tell you something. You can't just sit on it. If he's giving you the gift, you need to be using it. You need to be using it for his glory. You need to be using it for his praise. He didn't give us gifts to be sitting idle. He gave every believer spiritual gifts to be used individually and corporately so that people would come to know him, so that people would have relationships with him, and so that people could experience the love that God has for his people. Unconditional love. Our identity is directly related to our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's directly related to the fellowship that we have with him. It's directly related to the fellowship that we have with each other. That's one of the the keys to this church. Man, we have fellowship. Amen? Man, we come together and we have fellowship. We come together because we study his word. We come together in prayer, interceding for other people on other people's behalf. We come together to lift him up and to glorify him. Our identity is directly related to our fellowship and our relationship with him. We are members of his family. We are God's children. It says so in the Bible. If you look over in 1 John 3, 1, and I'll just read it for you, but you can write that down. 1 John 3, 1 says this. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are. 
We're God's children. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. When Jesus was walking on the face of this earth, people didn't even know who he was. Some did, some didn't, but the majority didn't even know who he was. The same thing happens for us. He said, it's not going to be any different for you, my followers. You're going to get the same treatment that I get. Body of Christ, which Paul is referring to in this passage, is made up of all true believers. This is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We're churches. We're, we're the uh, body of Christ. We're the body of the church, and we are the church congregation. We're all maturing and growing together in spiritual maturity. All growing together until one day we're standing in the presence of the Almighty God. We start out as spiritual infants. When you become a believer, no matter whether you've been one for 60 years or six days, it doesn't really matter. We all start out of spiritual inference, and we all grow together. As Christians, we grow by what? Feeding on God's Word. We go by studying His Word. We grow by getting into His Word, by meeting needs that are placed in front of us. We grow by meeting the needs of each other, and we go by ministering to each other. That's part of the investment process. That's what we need to be doing, investing in each other and growing by ministering to each other. We grow by saturating our lives with the Word of God. You know what that means? Saturating? Yes? What does it mean? By digging into it, by covering ourselves with it, by by diving in, by, by having small group studies, by looking at the Word, by trying to understand what He's saying, but God's saying to us, by taking care of the body of Christ for, from a physical standpoint. Here we go. We're going to get an anatomy lesson. You knew that was coming. From a physical standpoint, you want to have a healthy body. What do you do? If you want to live a long, healthy life, what do you do? What do you have to do? And I, when Patty and I talked about that this morning. You have to exercise, right? Is that hard? You got to get them steps in. You got to exercise. You got to feed it the right kinds of food. You got to give it the nutrition that it needs to be healthy. You got to eat those what? Your vegetables. Huh? Look at your plate when you pick it up this afternoon. You got to eat those vegetables. You got to stay away from all that saturated fat. Now, that's a different way to use that word. We were saturating our our lives with the Word of God. Now, we got to stay away from that saturated fat. That's the first thing that goes on my plate, isn't it, Brother Wesley? Huh? You got to stay away from it. The church body is no different than the human body. We need to exercise the spiritual gifts that God has given all true believers. We need to give it the nutrition that it needs, and we need to feed it God's word. I mean, look at it. The scripture says, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. Equipping the saints is the responsibility of the leaders of the church. That's what it says, what Paul's talking about. But it goes on. Leadership develops from the Christian body. Amen? Leadership comes from the Christian body. When you're given a responsibility of being a Christian, it's to equip the saints as well. In order to build up the body, Christ, uh, the body of Christ, Christians must invest in and minister to each other. To equip means to, to prepare, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body together for the purpose of all Christians growing until spiritual maturity. Now, we spent six or seven weeks talking about the different levels of spiritual maturity, from spiritual infant all the way through spiritual youth, spiritual adulthood, all the way to spiritual maturity. But that's what we're striving for. That's where, and let me tell you something. You might be mature, but you'll never be to the point of spiritual maturity at the level that God wants us to be until what? We're standing in his presence. And that's where we keep striving on. That's why we keep studying. Evidence. <clears throat> Let me give you something else. This is where it's gonna, we're going to 
break some things down that were very important. Evidence of maturity is revealed in the cooperation of the body of Christ. We're one body. We're one family. Man, this is the church family. But the word says it's cooperation. It's what we need to be in cooperation with the body of Christ. We're one body. We're one family. We're all on the same team. We're all pulling in the same direction. We've realized as members of one body of believers, we belong to each other. We strengthen each other. We affect each other. And here's the thing. We need each other. We need each other to grow. We need each other to to strengthen each other. We need each other for the support that we have to face, the, the difficulties in each and every day. Every believer, no matter how insignificant he or she may feel, has abilities. No matter how insignificant, no matter how long or how short someone has been a believer, they have ministry that has value to other believers. Amen? It, that's a good place to say amen. Say it. Amen. Amen. We all have value to other believers. The church body grows as an individual member grows, and they grow as they feed on the word of God and as they minister to other people. Let me think about this. Our, our relationship with the corporate body is crucial to our own spiritual development and the development of the church. It's all crucial. I'm going to break it down for you. To understand the church, all you have to do is understand your own physical body. Do you understand your own physical body? Do you understand how it operates? Your body is a living organism composed of many different parts, all working and functioning in harmony with each other. It is a complex organism. It contributes to the growth and the well-being of your physical body. Everything has its own individual responsibilities. The heart pumps blood through the body. The, the kidneys filter out the blood and get all the impurities out of your body. The brain sends signals that tells your body how to function and what it should do. The skin provides protection against all the outside elements. And the bones provide skeletal structure. Did y'all know all that? The preacher is preaching about anatomy this morning. Let me tell you something. It all has a part. Each part is working together, and that's why God created it. That's the way he created it. Let's look at this. Paul says the church of Christ's body is no different, and the church will only grow and mature when all of the parts are working, the functioning the way God intended for them to function. It's no different. Blood is a critical element within the human body. It's one of the main parts of the circulatory system. Without physical blood flowing through the arteries and the vein, the human body would see to exist Christ shed his what physical blood on the cross he shed physical blood on the cross so that we would have eternal life with him in heaven it was a physical blood that was shed so that those who would receive it would have eternal life in heaven look one step further love is a critical element in the circulatory system of the Christian body It's no different than blood in the physical body. God's unconditional love is what makes it the critical element in the Christian bodies. Let me look at some, here's some things. I want you to listen up close now. Studies have shown that isolated, unloved babies do not develop and grow properly. That's what studies show. Studies show that unloved babies are especially especially susceptible to sickness and disease. Studies have also shown that babies who are loved and held by their parents grow normally and are stronger against sickness and disease. That's why mamas and grandmamas always say what? Let me hold that baby. Amen? Let me hold the baby. Let me hold that baby. I want to hold that baby. I'm going to sit here and hold this baby all day long. 
I'm not saying that if your baby's sick, it's because you don't love it or you hold it enough. What I'm saying is that studies have shown that unloved babies have a significant more difficult time growing and developing than babies that are loved. And that's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. The same analogy can be used for the children of God. An isolated Christian cannot minister to others. If he or she is by themselves, they can't minister to others, nor can other people minister to them. They need to come into the fellowship and the family of God. The Word of God says that we need to equip one another and edify one another so that all of us grow up to be more like Christ. That's the family of God. That's what God intended for us to do. That is the body of Christ. Let's look at the building it's very similar. Paul goes on and talks about the local church congregation is God's building. And I'm not talking about Pine Hill Baptist Church building. I'm talking about the congregation that's building. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to build Pine Hill Baptist Church. I'm going to build it out of brick and mortar. He said, I'm going to build my church, which is the congregation of people, the body of Christ, the believers. I'm going to build my church on the rock. And that's what he talks about. It's consistent. The local church congregation is God's building. It consists of people who make up the church. As the body of Christ, we are God's church. If we're going to build the local church the way God wants it to be built, we have to build it on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We've got to build it on the rock that he was talking about. It has certain conditions. When we look at it first, we've got to have the right foundation. Man, you know anything about construction, you know that the building starts with the foundation, and it has to be the right consistency of foundation material. It's got to be the right structure. It's got to be the right strength. It's got to be the right mixture. Everything has to be just right. The foundation determines the shape, the size, and the strength of the structure that is being built. Now, you think about this. If the foundation cracks, if the foundation breaks down, what happens to the walls of the building? They break down and they crack. And that's what you can see that, you know, in, in some people, when you see a crack in your house, in the wall, it's not necessarily the wall that's the problem. It's the foundation that's taking place. It's what's breaking down below it. If the foundation cracks or breaks down, the building will do the same thing. Let's look at this. A church ministry, not singling out any particular ministry, but a church ministry may seem to be successful for a time. But if it is not founded on Jesus Christ, it will eventually collapse and disappear. Amen. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who it is that's leading it. The foundation of the church is laid by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing any different than that. The gospel message has to be proclaimed on Jesus Christ for the foundation to be solid. Let me tell you something. You can have promotions. You can have entertainment. You can have the best lighting. You can have the, the best-looking carpet. You can have the best music and the best-looking pastor. But if your gospel is not being proclaimed, then the church will crumble. Amen? Amen? Jesus said this, I will build my church on the rock. And this way he's talking about we are God's church. We are the, the body of Christ, and we are his building. When Jesus is talking about building, he's talking about us. He's talking about the future. He's talking about the followers. He's talking about people that's going to carry on the mission that I've started when I walked on this earth. He's talking about when I ascend to heaven that the church is going to continue to tell people about me, tell people about the message, to tell people about salvation, to tell people and show people the love of Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father. 
The church is an accomplished work of Jesus Christ, but it's an ongoing process. The church is an accomplished work. When Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he was dead on the money, and he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He's built it on the foundation that's so strong, it's so indestructible, and it will not be shaken, but it's an ongoing process. The foundation of the church of Jesus Christ is secure and it's permanent. No matter how rough it gets in this world, no matter how bad things get, the foundation is permanent and it's secure. Christ has given Christians a responsibility to continue the building process. When you think about it, man, we're carpenters using the the ultimate role model of a carpenter as the one who's leading us. Amen? Man, Jesus Christ was a carpenter, but he's laid it on us. We're we're using him as a a pattern and somebody that we're going to use as a role model. Christian builders continue the work of the church by adding stones to the structure, by sharing the gospel, by bringing people to Jesus, by revealing him to them, by adding to the church body. These stones are made up of all new believers, and they're added by the body by sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. As a church... And as a body, the church body, and as the building, it's all the same. It's a building, and we are built from it. Everything hinges on the love that we share with others because of the love that God has given us. Amen? It's all about the love. We share the love of God because we were loved. You know, we were first loved. He loved us first. God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. Many offered heaven as a free gift. It's not something we earned. It's not something we deserve. We definitely deserve something that we, we're not going to get. Praise the Lord. Because he shielded us. He put something in our place. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not, should not, and could not perish. That's one of the sweetest verses of scripture. Ephesians 2, 8. By grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And we're a sinner from the time of the fall when... When Adam and Eve ate the fruit and sin entered into this world, it's been passed down generation to generation, and there's no way around it. Only one person ever walked on this earth that was sin-free, and that was Jesus Christ. Every one of us has had to deal with sin and sin nature from the inheritance that we got from Adam and Eve, and God has given us a way out of that. Romans 10.9 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Also says in Romans ten thirteen, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm looking at a group of people that probably everyone in here is a believer. Everyone in here knows Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something. If you've never had a personal relationship with him, if you've never had a personal encounter with him, that's something that needs to take place today. I mean, you think about it. I want to ensure I'm, I'm not preaching fire insurance. I'm not preaching the fact that you don't want to go to hell. What I'm preaching is the fact that you ought to want to go to heaven because he's, played the, he's made the place for you. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and get you to myself. And that's where we want to go. And we want to reach spiritual maturity. And we're going to do that when we're standing in his presence. And one day he's going to come get us. Some people are going to go before the end of time, but then you never know. And we think at the end of times now, we look at the struggles that are going on in this world. We don't know. You don't know if you're going to see, wake up tomorrow. None of us know. But one thing you need to know is that where your eternally destination is going to be before you close your eyes today. In a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And let me tell you, the, 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 the invitation is open for you. It's not just a part of the, the tradition of uh, Baptist churches that we have an invitation at the end of the message. 
The invitation is open if you want to make a decision. If you have something that you want to lay at the feet of the cross, the altar is open. Even though it's not a, a ginormous altar, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can bring something to lay it at the feet of Jesus. This is where you'll leave it. He said, if you bring it to me, I'll cast as far as the east is from the west. Whatever it is you need to tell him, you just lay it at the feet of Jesus. Our deacons are available to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. You know, this time of invitation is yours. It's a time of vertical conversation through the power of the Holy Spirit with God the Father. Whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is you want to talk to him about, you just take this time and you lay it at his feet. If there's any, any decisions that you want to make, this is the time to make them. Father God, I come before you this morning, Father, with a humble heart. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that's in your word. And God, I thank you for Jesus. God, I thank you for the fact that you loved me enough that you would send your son out of heaven. God, out of us, the, the glorious place that he was at. God, you sent him to this earth, Father, to, to step into humanity. God, to reveal his love, to reveal your love, to walk a, a mile after mile, God, for me and for everyone that would come to know him. God, just thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the fact that he went to a cross and took my sins on his shoulders so that I could have eternity with you. And Father, I pray if there's one person in the sound of my voice that does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that this day would be the day that they would make that change, the day that they would come to know you and, and secure their eternal destination. Father, for others in our congregation, God, those that are, that are struggling, that, that have difficulty, that have issues, that have family issues, financial issues, whatever the issue is, God, I just pray that, that you would reach down and just touch them and lay your hands on them and, and let them feel your presence each and every step of the way. Father, for others that have decisions, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would overpower this room and God, we would feel your presence and we would allow the Spirit to move as he sees fit. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.